Blog Talk Radio. Scorpios are very intuitive. 
Scorpio is a very intuitive energy, and it really is kind of a probing energy. They they can sense if there's something more under the surface that needs to be revealed. So when we're weighing out and we're making a choice with this with this Mercury in Scorpio, we're able to really get down to the nitty gritty of what is impacting the decision we're we're trying to make. So I think it's very good energy, and anyone who's trying to make any kind of decisions, which I think we all do on a regular basis, we have to make choices probably every day, some bigger than others. Right now, we have an excellent capacity for evaluating, analyzing, coming up with the right path. Mars is in Sagittarius. We're going to add a little bit of spirituality to that because uh, Mars in Sag is a very philosophical kind of energy very nice kind of energy it's good to put a fire sign with mars because mars is very proactive very energetic wants to you know initiate things and get the job done and fire signs are very good at doing that um, mars and sag is probably also maybe quite argumentative maybe a little bit blunt maybe a little bit blatant in their explanation of their excitement uh, so if any of you have been out there and have felt a little offended by someone in the last few days, it's because there's an exuberance to the energy and there's also quite a lot of truth speaking going on uh, in communities now. We're trying, to, we're trying to really boil out the truth. Jupiter is in Gemini, still good for communication. It did just go retrograde. I think it adds maybe a little bit of a spin on the communication, but I still like to see it as positive. And Saturn is in Scorpio. So finally, we're going to move forward now. Two years of a more intense and in-depth exploration of our feelings, the relationships that we're having, the way in which they're negotiating, uh, the way in which we're negotiating those relationships, and what it is that we really expect to get out of them, both uh, personally, what, it, what we personally expect to get from ourselves, and what we expect to get from another person. Uranus and Pluto, it's a little bit more of a separating square right now, which is good. We know that they're going to be doing this square dance for... Uh, that's not a pun, actually. They're going to be doing this little square dance um, for three more years, and it really was initiated this year. We felt the beginnings of it last year. and Right now, there's a separation. There's a pulling apart. Uranus is retrograde. Pluto is direct, and so they're actually separating for the time being, and there should be a little bit of a lull in the... Um, turmoil i think that surrounds many of the uprisings that we've been seeing you know clashes of youth against government or against religion or against corporations or you know against hierarchies that's the uh, the pluto and capricorn thing and then uranus in aries is representation representative of the individual and so we're going to see individuals youth and um um, certain kinds of independent people, independent thinkers, people who want autonomy and independence, those people are clashing with the status quo. Neptune's retrograde at zero degrees Pisces, kind of nice. Um, I feel like it's still giving us a spiritually uplifting um, undercurrent. And if we look at some of the uh, processes that are available to us. If we look at television, if we look at the messages that are being conveyed there, I think I've seen references to things like sweat lodges and vision quests and all kinds of spiritual um, uh, background 
uh, information that's just there for the public to be hearing. I think that's quite interesting. And Chiron is also in Pisces at about five degrees. So again, those of us that are needing to heal our issues of, of uh, giving too much of ourselves, um, caretaking people who uh, need to be caretaking themselves at some level, or those of us who are pouring too much of ourselves into situations where we don't get enough in return, unless that's specifically what you're being consciously aware of, um, and you're 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 right in there because you know that you're in a kind of a one-sided giving situation. Then there's healing there for the rest of us who might be doing something like that. It's a time of awakening to that we need to set limits and say no, uh, and that that's okay, and that you know we don't have to go out and save the world. We really only need to save ourselves. If we all did that, we would end up saving the world. So um, that's your Global Energy Minute, and I want to go, as promised, directly to the chat room uh, switchboard and uh, say hello. Hi, 913. You're on the Inside Connection. Hi, Dr. Craig. Thanks for taking Hi, how are you? What's your name? Good. My name is Andy. Andy. Hi, Andy. You want me to read your chart for you tonight? That would be great. Awesome. Um, Are you a listener to the show? I am. Yeah, I think that's awesome, too, and I feel very flattered to have you calling in for a reading tonight. So you spell your name with a Y or an I? With an I. And the first initial of your last name? Uh, S, as in Sam. Got it. Have you called into the show before? I think once before, yes. Okay. Um, Are you an Aries? Yes, I am. Urbana, Illinois? Yep, that's me. And where are you calling me from tonight? Uh, Kansas. What town? Uh, suburb of Kansas City. Oh, my my literary agent is actually in Lawrence. Yes, yes, I, now I remember you saying that. I grew up in Lawrence. Yep. So, and I, it that's has great. been a while since I've spoken to you, though. It you haven't called while, me recently. Yeah. No, I don't think so. No, absolutely not. So, um, you have kids? No, just four-legged ones. <laughs> okay, that's fine. Um, and and are you working? Um, I work part time. I'm in graduate school, but I work part time as a research assistant. Right. So, are you going to be finishing school soon? No, unfortunately. Um, Okay. That's That's probably going to be another three years. Yeah. It's interesting that um, Uranus is actually um, crossing your midheaven. So you have your midheaven at um, five degrees Aries. So what really stands out for me is how you're going to be changing what it is that you're doing for work or it's going to be expanding or growing or there's going to be new tasks or um, something new is going on at work. And also, during um, the next couple of months, it's actually going to be stationary right on your midheaven, which is a change in the way in which you're going out in the public or, you know, you're not in a relationship, huh? I'm married. 
Right. Okay. So you are married, and how's how's that? Oh, it's very difficult. Um, uh huh. My spouse is in ill, has been in ill health, and uh, a lot of other things. It's it's been difficult. Right. Um. Yeah. Without having to get into more details around that, it just looks like it feels like you're constantly needing to kind of renegotiate what you need from your marriage and what it is that you're offering. If you kind of heard me just do the um, the global energy chat there, um, yeah, you know, Chiron is going into your ninth house. There's a very sort of philosophical and spiritual part of you. You do have three planets in the ninth house. And there's a selflessness in you because you have Venus and Pisces. You're in Aries, but you have Venus and Pisces. You have Saturn and Pisces. You have Chiron and Pisces all in the ninth house. And, you know, balancing the research assistant thing, because you definitely also have three planets in Virgo, that's fine. That's your technical side. And your ruler is Moon and Capricorn, so you're kind of a hardworking, dedicated person. But right now what's in play is this Pisces part of your chart. So I think it has to do with, you know, how you can't give too much of yourself, Andy. Um, You can't give more than you really have to give. I mean, we all can. That's, I think, a part of the, the, um, the message there is that we we hurt ourselves really by giving more than we have to give. Yes. You know, because once we start giving at our own expense, then we start draining out what we're capable of giving in the future. You know, so, so there's, I think a big lesson for everybody right now, Neptune is in Pisces and Chiron is in Pisces. And in a couple of years, you'll have your Chiron return. It's not yet, but you'll be going through the the um the process of discovering where it is that you might be giving and not really getting back what it is that you think you're getting in return and is that is that something that you're truly aligned with that you're willing to be a part of or is it something that you're kind of blindly doing and it's not a part of your consciousness that's the only way we can um, be selfless but not have it be at our own expense. Yeah, I think absolutely. with many of the people that I work, the long-term um, effects of, of caretaking or um, feeling like we can heal someone or we can pour enough energy into them to make them well when it's at our expense is that we become not well. And yeah. we've never really made them well in the process. And that's a part of the illusion. And I, I, I feel fairly certain that Neptune and Pisces and Chiron and Pisces are really uncovering that for people. Uh, it's something that's sort of just begun. It's something that's going to go on for quite a few more years. But it's a process that you're really involved in. The other thing I was mentioning that you have Aries at the Midheaven is a shift in what it is that you're doing socially, what it is that you're doing in your career, what it is that you're doing in your social reputation. It's possible that you might be wanting more of an expression of your own individuality in public. You might want to be just socializing differently or just going out, you know, with a group of people, um, Mm -hmm. being more public. 
uh, not being so, you know, um, isolated. Right. Right. Absolutely. Yeah, I think that's I think that's spot on. Some of the research that I'm assisting with um, has to do with how do we support caretakers of uh, different, you know, types of patients with different maladies. And really we're seeing caretakers suffering greatly and having, you know, greater mortality rates, and many times they die before the people that they're caring for. So uh, that's a very, very timely issue, absolutely. Yeah. And I think important for you to um, really connect with uh, yourself personally, how it's a part of not only your personal identity, but a part of your spiritual beliefs, a part of that search for higher truth that you're doing. I mean, I don't know if the ninth house for you is playing out in a spiritual way. Are you a spiritual person? Yes. And it's really, I'm getting a real calling at the moment to pursue some things spiritually, even, you know, traveling uh, to some sacred places. That's also the ninth house. And Chiron is going right into your ninth. So, you know, traveling and healing are going to be connected for you. So there's, like I said, there's different ways the ninth house plays out in someone's chart. Travel is one of them. Exposure to cross-culture is another one of them. Being involved in higher education and going for an advanced degree is another one of them, which, of course, you're involved in. But religion, spirituality, philosophy, even some kinds of athletic activity, if you've even been like thinking that you wanted to exercise more, get involved in... Um, you know, it almost feels like um, some type of, it's almost a little bit more meticulous. I don't know, you play golf? <laughs> no, but I've been actually thinking about uh, taking lessons, you know, this coming spring. And I have what kind of lessons? Extra, uh, golf lessons. Golf lessons? Awesome. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, so that I yeah, I kind of like I'm picking that up a little bit there and I feel like you should pursue that because it would it would suit so many levels of your chart. Spirituality, golf is very zen, but with the Virgo that you have in your chart, golf is very particular. You know, it's a very even though you play in a competitive way with other players, you're still really just competing with yourself. It's very Aries in that way. You could always, you know, best your best score. But you know, this very specific ball in the cup. I believe that it's a it's a quest for being able to visualize the ball in the cup. And that the greater that you become connected to that imagery, the more likely it is that you can improve your score. That's the whole zen behind golf. And I think every sport probably has that if you broke it down, but golf's just very clear to me. And for you having Mars in Virgo, a couple other planets in Virgo, I really see that as something that you should you should try. Great. Yeah, well, definitely. That's a that's a that's a right on thing for you to look at. Okay. So, um yeah, it's really good to have you call back in and um and I'm always glad thank to hear from somebody so that I haven't heard from in a few months, you know? Yeah, thank you so much for the insight. Do you there. have any specific questions before I let you go? 
Um, you know, I I think um, just specifically maybe when finances are going to kind of stabilize and improve. They're not bad, but they could be a little more stable. Finances, is that what you said? Yes. Um, son in, yeah. Um, it, yeah, the, the finances are going to be more stable, um, definitely starting in the new year, because your, your sun is right around four degrees Aries. And since the sun is the ruler of your house of finance, you could feel a little bit more fluctuation in the fall. And then by the time the winter comes and the new year comes, Uranus will move away from your sun finally. It's been going back and forth across it for over a year. And there will be more financial stability starting in the beginning of the year. Great. Great. Yeah. Well, once again, thank you so much. and thanks You're for very welcome. It's a pleasure to talk to you. Bye-bye. Have a great night. So I have a question in the chat room about talking about the medicine wheel, and I, I kind of like that metaphor. I did use the medicine wheel as as a graphic for tonight's show, more perti- more pertaining to depicting the four quadrants of the chart rather than specifically talking about a Native American idea of the medicine wheel and walking the medicine wheel. So, um, in answering that question, my I see the chart as a medicine wheel and I like um, uh, books and literature that describes astrology as the round art or the circular art or a picture of the wheel of life because I feel like each chart is expressing that and if you're familiar anybody out there with A.T. Mann's work that's the author A.T. Mann wrote a book called The Round Art he talks about the, the chart as a logarithmic logarithmic time scale look at a person's life and discusses how uh, one of the reasons that time speeds up and that say for an individual the last 40 years of their life can seem almost as quick as the first four years of your life and one of the reasons is because you're born right and so the first year of your life is 100 percent of your life and then when you're two the the second year that you live becomes 50 percent of your life but by the time you're 50 and you go from 50 to 51 that's a 50th of a person you know one fiftieth of your life as opposed to one half of your life and so you're experiencing each year as a smaller and smaller logarithmic increment of the life that you've lived. And so it feels like it's going faster because each year represents a smaller and smaller part of the total. Um, I find that fascinating. And so the, the wheel itself is constructed around, the astrological wheel is constructed around four quadrants that represent that passage of time. And so I I can equate it somewhat with the medicine wheel because the medicine wheel has to do with walking on the this side and walking on the other side, how there's a continuation between the living and the non-living side because there's a soul and the Native Americans talk about taking on robes the robes of the body it's very very beautiful metaphor and then when we pass away they say that we've dropped our robes i absolutely love that like as if the flesh we wear is a cloak is a robe that covers the soul that we are 
It's a wonderful question and a great segue into talking about these four vital points of the chart, uh, which are represented by uh, four cardinal signs, and those signs are um, Aries, Cancer, Libra, and Capricorn. And they represent the beginning of the four quadrants of the chart, you know, the beginning point of each quadrant. And each one has a very specific meaning that builds on the others, and yet they're all integrated into one. So that first part of the chart has to do with the establishment of our identity and the who we are. And it's basically created by... Uh, an experiential um, uh, set of circumstances, in other words, the experiences that we have with life. We find out who we are based on the way in which we interact with the world around us so that if we, uh, you know, have a, a, a caring and considerate personality, then when people around us are in need of that, those qualities, then we become caring and considerate, and we get an opportunity to see that. Without interaction with the worldly environment, we wouldn't be able to develop an identity. So we begin as children, in fact, as babies, um, you know, looking at what are the interactions that I have with the world around me, and what does that say about who I am? So there's a, there's more, obviously, than just the, the qualities that we are. We might also discover along the way that we love music or that we're good at playing music, so that if we were to develop an identity, I'm musical, then it would have to do with the interactions that we have with the world of music and our encounters with it. So if we're going to move, you know, around the the wheel further to say the Capricorn part where we're going to learn about our career and what it is that we're going to be doing in the world outside of us, that's going to have to do with some part of our identity and and where that has been developed. So first we have the who we, who we are in life and many times that aspect of ourselves, you know, who we think we are, comes into question. We maybe live in certain parts of denial. We don't see certain aspects of our shadow. Different circumstances in life might bring out certain qualities. You know, there's the guy that's walking by the burning building, and he's never been heroic, but under those circumstances, he gets an opportunity to see that he is. So maybe he never thought that he was that guy, but he certainly needs to see himself that way afterwards if he did in fact if that was his impulse was to run in and save someone or something like that it's just an example and there are many of those examples based on the different experiences we have and the reaction and the identity markers the qualities of our personality that we take on as we move through life so our identity is changing and at some level there's a baseline of what we continue to experience about ourselves so if somebody thought that you were smart when you were in grade school high school college and then you're out in the working world and they still think you're smart people are always saying oh you're smart or whatever then you take that on as a part of your identity and it becomes a part of like a base in your personal sense of yourself okay you're able to say oh I'm smart or oh I'm musical or oh I'm intuitive or whatever qualities you see in yourself 
part of that identity comes from what's next, which is ruled by cancer, and that's the um, the the part of the chart that's the most below us. It's the most underneath us, so it represents a foundation of who we are. And that part of the chart rules home, family life, then and what I like to call conditioned emotional response. So the home that we grew up in and the home that we live in now, both are a reflection of something very deep and very internal that was conditioned in us. We were conditioned to react to the world in a specific emotional pattern. That can also change. Perhaps we go and we see therapist, or we have a specific interaction with another individual. We have a husband or a wife that we um, that that mirrors for us some emotional qualities that we want to take a look at. So again, identity can change, emotional response can change as we evaluate the conditioning that we experienced. And yet, there's still an interface between those two as well because part of our identity could be based on the conditioned emotional responses that we were taught as children or the home life that we live in now and vice versa. Part of the identity that we think that we are Right? If we believe we're kind, then our conditional emotion response is going to be to react back to the world with kindness. What's interesting about the four things, and we're going to talk about the, uh, you know, uh, two more, is that uh, is that they're all integrated into one another. In other words, they can't really be separated. One of my clients, I think, most most accurately described it as four jars. And this client said, you know, I think I need to take a look in one of these jars because it's feeling a little empty and it's affecting the other three. And I think when we live in the world, if we don't have a solid sense of our identity or we don't have a solid, secure foundation of a home life, and then the next one is Libra, which is the relationships that we have, not only, let's say, a spouse, but just the relationships that we have, the contracts that we're living out, our desire to compromise and negotiate with another human being so that we can be improved in the process of what's called Libra, sublimating our ego. Libras are here for the sublimation of our ego because in order to be able to compromise and get along with another human being, you can't can't always have it your way. It's very interesting about that because that dynamic exclusively is still interplaying into who we see ourselves as a personal identity, how we see ourselves personally, and also the home life in which we live now, the home life in which we grew up in, which conditioned us to compromise or not compromise. I'm going to come back and talk a little bit more about that aspect, the relationship aspect, and also the 10th house, Capricorn, which is the way in which we take our identity and our foundation and the relationships that we make and then go out into the world to be able to share our talent or whatever we've been able to develop as a service to others and bring it out in the public. That would be the fourth facet of this conversation, our career, our public life. Going back to the switchboard for a second, 780, you're on the Inside Connection. 
Hey there, it's uh, Jay calling from Canada. How's it going? Hi, how are you? I haven't heard from you in a while either. I know, it's like a long time no here, I guess. Eh? <laughs> <laughs> how are you? I'm doing okay. Just uh, just interesting what you're talking about, looking at the sign, going like, huh, medicine wheel sort of, but it's not a medicine wheel. It's sort of like a interpretation of an astrological wheel, but uh, yeah. Well, I think actually, though, the graphic that I picked is a medicine wheel depiction. Um, I just, you know, I'm looking for images when I do a little image search for the show topic, and that one really spoke to me because I love my own Native American studies, and I definitely saw how... You know, the four quadrants can be representative of the four elements, and the four elements can be representative of these, you know, four facets of living that I'm talking about tonight. Hmm. Do you want me to take a look at your chart? Yeah, I just lost my job today, and i got to find out what's going on. Ouch. Why am I doing that? Yeah. Ouch. Because the last time we talked, and my memory, Jay. Yeah, I did had a... Yeah. Is your um, last initial S? Yes. Okay. Um, got it. Thank Canada, you. Canada, medicine hat. Yep, thank you. Yeah, got it. Um, just lost my job today, unexpectedly, as a matter of fact, because interestingly for you, just so you know, mm-hmm. Uranus, you're going to get another job just as quickly going to turn around and you're going to find something else just as quickly as this one was lost because the whole thing is Uranian and you need to see that whatever rut you were in, it wasn't accurately expressing your, you know, Aries identity. And um, it's interesting because the, the, the first caller, her birthday was March 24th and your birthday is March 24th. That's <laughs> super coincidental, right? Different Holy years, God, but... Super two March 24th people back-to-back. So both of you have four-degree Aries sun. Like, in other words, you're roughly born around the fourth day of Aries, the third or fourth day. Mm -hmm. And the planet Uranus right now is roughly at four degrees Aries retrograde. It's actually at six degrees, but it's going to go down and be stationary at four degrees. And so um, my interpretation of that is that you can expect to get another job just as quickly as this one was lost. And so, you know, don't despair of any long-term unemployment. I absolutely don't see that. You do have um, Neptune conjuncting your Saturn, and Saturn's the ruler of your second. So financially you're kind of worried because of the way that you have some of your finances built and that that represents a big part of your security and stability. And mm-hmm. Neptune can make us feel very uneasy. Um, and it can uh, Neptune-Saturn is not a combination that I really like because it's dissolving structure. But all I'm feeling from your chart right now is that the structures that were that were representative of that security and finance and employment Mm-hmm. Somehow they weren't really serving you, and you need to kind of be honest with that because you can turn it over and you know find a better expression of your own Aries, you know, strong Aries identity. With the conversations about you know the four, uh, what are called the four cardinal signs, and or in astrology we call them the angles because they're also related to the four quadrants of the chart. And one of them is Aries, and that's the piece that's about identity. 
Mm-hmm. So for you and also for the previous um, person that I read for, there's a strong need for you to have a shift in who it is that you think you are out there in the working world. But the focus is really on what is the identity like, who do I think I am, and how am I expressing it out there. Hmm. Okay. Hmm, interesting month. Yeah, it's going to be an interesting month, an interesting couple of months, but I would say, um, you know, just focus on recollecting yourself because I see it's sort of a shock. You know, Uranus and the sun is very much like, a, whoa, how did that happen? It feels like you could be feeling betrayed, deceived, victimized, all that Neptune part, all that Pisces part, because you have Saturn at zero degrees Pisces. But then you have the part that it sort of broadsides you and comes out of nowhere. And um, what you just need to do is just need to land on your feet. You just need to be like, okay, I'm not going to focus on the negative part of this. I'm going to land on my feet and turn it into something better. Mm, Yeah. The energy is there for you to do that. Okay. All right. Excellent. Excellent. Yeah. I'll keep in touch what's going on. I'd also like to hear what's going on. I'll keep me on on, on the phone still. I'd like to hear what's going on with these, uh, um, the four signs, actually. This, okay. You know, we're talking well, angles, we're going to keep so, talking about that for but a little thank while. You. Well, yeah, well, thank you very much. I'll listen to the end of the show. So but, uh, thanks so much. It's been very interesting, actually. So thanks. thanks so much again. I'm always glad to hear from you. Okay, You're bye. You're very welcome. Bye-bye. Um. So, um, yeah, we were talking about <clears throat> Libra and, and Capricorn. We're going to do the second half of those four quadrants. And I just wanted to let people know that it's a call-in show. So if anyone's listening and they want to get on to the show, you have to call 213-943-3395. And then I believe <clears throat> that she will ask you to press 1 to be in the host queue. And when you do that, you will be on my switchboard. So I'm um, always happy to you know, say hello to my archive listeners. Very proud of the number of people that are listening to the show and also for my people who are in the chat room and listening live tonight. Uh, thanks. It's always really, I feel like really um, touched actually by the fact that there are so many people who are checking in with the Inside Connection. So the integration the integration, that's what's important about seeing this, is that we are a whole, we are a whole being. We're not just an identity, because if we were just an identity, how could we have established that? We have to establish the identity by interacting. So we interact predominantly with the family, with the home, with the relationship, and then with society at large. And that's why the four angles are so crucial and vital to the understanding of how do we go about having a fulfilled, happy, for a better word, you know, happy life. How do we go about having a fulfilled life? We have to know who we are. We have to establish a home that's a secure sanctuary of sorts where we can go back. It's very difficult to go out into the world and have success unless you have a a uh, strong uh, place to launch yourself from. And again, some people might choose not to have a relationship, like a marriage or something, that's fine, but we're still having relationships with the world. And so seventh house relationships can be with doctors, therapists, business partners. It does not have to be with a, a spouse. 
so that when we get to the seventh house, it's those relationships where we're more intimate with someone, which means that they're not just some stranger that's passing us by, or it's not just somebody that's, you know, come over to, like, fix the fridge or something because it broke down, and not necessarily the postman who's dropping your mail off in the mailbox. Those are not seventh house relationships. Some of those relationships are what are called third house they're a little bit more um, what we call everyday experiences. But the relationships that we have with a, a doctor, a therapist, a counselor, a business partner, or a spouse, these relationships require compromise in order to be able to continue in the relationship because there's a certain amount of intimacy that's involved in order to be able to make the relationship work, which has to do with, for me, truth. In other words, truth needs to be revealed between people who are having intimate relationships. We have to have honesty. And so who we think we are, that basic identity and the the origins that we come from, that that cancerian part of us, ends up dictating who it is that we end up developing contractual agreements with, a spouse, a business partner, because we're able to bring from the who we think we are and the family of origin our person to the table. And that person is then capable of attracting and bringing into their lives someone to negotiate with, compromise and negotiate so that the conditioned emotional responses in our identity can be modified into a more perfect you. Those things considered, we then decide on what it is that we want to do for a career. And as we were just talking to the last caller who said that he had just lost his job, a change in career, a change in that 10th house, a change in the Capricorn part of our chart is going to inevitably cause us to have a change at some level, small or large, with all of those other three fundamental things because we can't have one of those things shift like it's in a static environment and not have the other three change. So a loss of a job, which can represent a change in a career, is going to impact personal identity, the who I think I am, the way in which we have a conditioned emotional response to life at home and the relationship that we have because maybe the therapist, the doctor, the business partner, or the spouse is going to say to us, well, this is how I see this happened, or they're going to show you some facet of yourself that you weren't aware of based on the change in career. And I think, for me, it's seeing ourselves in that whole way, that whole beingness that becomes the fundamental backbone of looking at these four facets. We can break anything down to its components because that's what helps us to be able to understand ourselves better. You know, just astrology itself, if we look at the notion of Aries, I had two callers tonight that were both Aries. If we look at the notion of Aries, that has to do with entrepreneurship and boldness and somebody who who's capable of taking charge in life. This is somebody who's got a strong force of will, okay? So that identity, uh, when we're looking at that who I am, is a really important place where, where, where you know, an Aries would begin from. And yet, 
just having that information, being able to break that part of an Aries down for them and say, well, you've got this part of your personality, is not all of who that person is. And we look towards, you know, modes, models, we look towards models of, of evaluating ourselves, whether it's... Um, you know, our position in the family, oh, I'm the first child, oh, I'm the baby, oh, you know, or the job that we have, oh, I'm this or that, to create a reflection of our personal identity. We look towards astrology or the, the enneagrams, enneagram testing, or, um, you know, some of the other psychological profiles, Myers-Briggs, and then we end up with some codes about who we are. All of those things are very helpful in making an assessment but none of those things individually truly represent who we are as a life. And that's what I find so beautiful about astrology, is that it's capable of expressing us as a full individual with a life. It's capable of saying, this is a reflection of who you are, and this includes your background and this includes the relationships that you seek to find and the way in which you compromise. And this includes the way in which you're taking that energy of the who you are to the outer world. So inside, above and below, and outside as well, we're a full being interacting with ourselves, with our past, with our family, with our relationships, and with the public that we go out and meet when we leave the home. This is a, you know, a beautiful picture of, in fact, the medicine wheel. Thank you again, Jay, for that, um, you know, really nice metaphor, because it's about the road we walk. It's a, the life is about the road we walk, the road we walk while we're here in the, in the body, the road we walk when we're not here, when we're waiting for another body. <laughs> because there's work that's done on that side as well. And the chart is a reflection of both of those things and a picture of the way in which we move from one life to another, take on a new identity, experience a new personality, and learn the lessons that move us forward uh, one life time at a time. Um, the angles are important because those four parts of living who we are, where we come from, and where we live, who we're married to or partnered to, and who we uh, take care of in the world outside of us, that is the foundation that then creates, from astrology, all of the other things that fall into place underneath that. If it's about our money, or our language, or our children, or our health, our spirituality, our friendships, our sex life, you know, all of that falls into place underneath these four powerful uh, concepts uh, in astrology called the angles, the four um, starting points for the four quadrants of the chart. And... Um, I want to thank everyone for calling in and I want to thank everyone for um, 
listening on the inside connection. I think that I'm going to uh, wrap it up tonight. I know even Mary Lou is saying goodnight to everybody in the chat room, so I know that I've over-talked myself tonight. No, no, but I'm going to leave you with Wanda Jackson tonight just to wake you up a little bit and shake it all over. I'll talk to you next Thursday. Thanks, and have a great night from the Inside Connection. Thank you.